Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. Ooh, we got a very special show in store for you. Uh, I'm actually looking really forward to it. I hope you are too. Of course, you know, it will be a wonderful show as they all are. So let's get started with our quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. Let's see what they have in store for us today. First from the universe, whenever in doubt, claim it all, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and your power will be restored. It's like reverse kryptonite, the universe. Mm, We love our quotes from Mike Dooley and the universe, kind of chiding us on to remind ourselves that, yes, I mean, let's claim it all, the good, the bad, and the ugly, all the everything in our life, because we are the creators of our life. And the good thing about that, as you all know, my loyal listeners, we are the creators of our life, which means if we don't like what we've created so far, we can create something different. And let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. From the non-physical, you created you. And now from the physical, you continue to create. And we are nothing if we are not flowers of energy. We must have objects of attention that are ringing our bells in order to feel the fullness of who we are flowing through us for the continuation of all that is. That is what puts the eternalness in eternity. Abraham. So uh, an interesting quote from Abraham and one uh, to try and kind of keep in mind and, and I guess he's really trying to, to, to realign our focus back to the fact that things are energetic first. Now, you guys have heard me talk about this before. Any wonderful things that we create, any awful things that we create, they are all energetic first. You know, dis-ease is, is energetic first, and if it's not taken care of energetically, it then turns into problems in our body. The same way, like amazing things that we create in our life are merely thoughts in our head, our dreams, our visions first, and then they become reality. Nothing ever gets created without it having to have been conceptualized, thought upon, pondered first mentally, um, spiritually, energetically first. And so what Abraham is trying to remind us with this quote is that not only are the things we create energetic first, we ourselves are energetic first. We are energetic beings that came into this physical reality um, in order to fulfill our desires, essentially, our deep, deep, deepest heart's desires. And that this is what... Um, is is the way that the universe unfolds. This is how um, the universe uh, comes to know itself, as uh, the immortal words of Carl Sagan. So uh, two kind of cute quotes uh, from Abraham and from the universe, of course. As you guys know, they're always perfectly apropos for our guest. And I am very, very excited to have in a, a... I don't know how I I, I describe you, Michael, but like a a fellow empowerer of thought leaders, I guess. That works for me. Ah, good, good. 
So, um, dear listeners, welcome with me, Michael Shine, who is CEO of Microfame Media, which is a marketing agency that turns consultants into thought leaders when they don't have the time or expertise to do it themselves. He has created and facilitated the production of content for companies as large as eBay, LinkedIn, the Medici Group, uh, 10 Strategic Partners, Abela, Tesla. Ooh, Tesla Inc., really? I I have to tell you, it's Tesla Inc., Tesla yeah. Inc. is different than Tesla, but they were Tesla there first. It's, uh, uh, yeah, okay. but but it is a large uh, company in the energy industry. Ah, okay. Um, Sears Interactive, Interiors by Steve Magento, um, and a bunch of others, including Citrix. He writes a weekly column for Inc. Magazine and is a contributor for Fortune and Huffington Post for their blogs, I assume. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Post. Good for you. Michael also created, ran, and moderated the New York Technologies Council's Interactive Marketing Panel Series. And I'm very, very pleased that his trails bring him here to the studios of Talking Alternative. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Michael. Thank you. I am excited to be here. I I find myself in the midst of one of the most uh, unique radio studios I've ever been in. It's it's this (laughs) mixture of the high tech and... um, Ancient, to say the least. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And and those people who know me and know me well is I am nothing if not a combination of paradoxes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I am a tech geek and I do believe in in the deeply spiritual and ancient. Um, and and I'm really excited today because you know both you, Michael, and myself, we, we kind of deal with people who um, have a message have something they're trying to get out to the world and we work to enable them to do that. And so I'm just curious, I always like to give my my, my audience a little bit of background of, of how you came to be doing what you're doing. Like, I don't think anybody when they were like a little kid were like, oh, mommy, when I grow up, I'm going to be like a thought leader promoter, you know? When I was a little kid, uh, that did not exist. exist the right. internet didn't really exist except uh, in the government. So. Right, exactly. <laughs> yes, I remember the good old days when uh, it was the ARPANET. Right? right. Yeah. I think in my time they had kind of that thing like war games with Matthew Broderick where you could yes. tap into the government computers from home, but that yes. was about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was in college... Um, I knew a few hackers, like back before anyone knew right. what a hacker was, and uh, you know, in these terminals, on these dumb terminals, everything was hooked into mainframes. And uh, I remember one time I even got a message um, on the screen, like out of nowhere, and I had to call over one of my friends who worked in the <laughs> computer lab, and I'm like, "What's this?" And he's like, "Oh, somebody at one of the other schools, you know, messaged you." I'm like, "They can do that?" And he's like, "Yeah, like all the city university schools, they're all tied together. You can message each other." I'm like, "Well, how do I respond?" And it's like, "Oh," and he gave me like the few commands, <laughs> and we and we messaged back and forth, and ended up being a girl who was like going to John Jay College, and we ended up dating for like six months. Wow, that's fantastic! So it was, was one like, of the first online dating exactly, uh, exactly. See, yeah. I'm I'm always a, a, a leader. So, so, how did you get into this this industry of of helping people to get their message out? Yeah, you know, like so many of these stories in our modern world that is changing so rapidly, aided by technology. Mm-hmm. I it was a very twisty, windy road, and I looked mm. for side doors. I think mm. I, if, if I've had any um, secret to whatever success I've had, it's that I haven't always plowed straight ahead, right? Ah. So, yeah, I, I I was always a writer. I mean, that's been at the core of everything. Um, I was an, kind of an arty kid. I never knew that I'd right. own a business. You know? Yeah, <laughs> and um, you know, one thing led to another, and I I worked for a company that basically had a startup division. So mm-hmm. I was in the marketing division of that company. Uh, okay. But the larger company ran call centers, the most brass tax thing you could think of, uh, inbound call centers, inbound customer service. service. Uh-huh. And we were all shifted into that division. And while I was there, um, there was always a problem with getting leads mm-hmm. because it was very transactional, a lot of whining and dining and that sort right, of thing, a very right, old business right. model. And this company was shifting and I could write. So I came up with this idea of using white papers to generate leads Uh, and share our expertise, right? And it worked well. Uh Fast forward a bit, I started my own company and I became a freelance copywriter. Uh. And, you know, I built a nice little practice, worked hard. But what I would realize was that a lot of these organizations or people 
that I would work with. Mm-hmm. They had such fantastic ideas. Yeah. But they would hire web designers and people like me to write their website and their brochure and no one would ever see it. Yeah. So I started working with them to come up with more creative and effective and efficient ways to to let everyone see how smart they were and how unique their ideas were and it eventually turned into a process and we started an agency around it wow 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 so i i imagine like when you first started like putting out those white papers for that company that was a little while ago that was probably something relatively new that was being done at the time it wasn't uh like today, I mean, everyone has a white paper in order to get you to like join their mailing list. Yeah, I actually think it's relatively ineffective now. Now, you yeah. know, I mean, at the time, the idea was that if you taught somebody something in depth and then led them to it mm-hmm. and then gave a little plug at the end, basically mm-hmm. saying, you know, all that great stuff we taught you, we mm-hmm. do that too. Mm. That worked well because people saw white papers as a truly technical piece that gave information. Mm. Today, everyone, it's been misused a lot and people know that it's a pure marketing technique. But the idea of it, the idea that you shouldn't be hard selling people in the new economy where you can have everything you want at your fingertips and instead teach people, I I guess that's what sort of sparked the idea for gotcha. this new world in my head. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah let me ask you, that. I actually was going to ask you this later on, but I think I'll ask it you now. I, I know a lot of marketing gurus now are saying, like, give your most valuable stuff away. Um, because most people, first, they'll, they're going to eat it up, they're going to love it, they're going to love you for it, and most people want things done for them anyway, so by giving away your most valuable stuff, people will come to you and then they'll, they'll hire you. Do you believe in that concept? Or I do, but I think there's a caveat to it. Okay. So I have never seen anybody who was generous with sharing what they know Mm-hmm. have that information stolen. I think people are too precious uh, or, 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 or wow, I'm going to take this and do it myself. Right, right, right. If anything, it shows how capable you are right, and right. that you're able to do that for them. If they go ahead and implement three things that you taught them, right, right, right. I think it only stands to reason that a good percentage of that audience will go ahead and hire you. I think where people get in more trouble is that they don't have the mechanisms to give away enough. Ah. You know, this stuff takes time. It's it's very challenging when you're running a business that is producing something or delivering the service itself to then go and blog and podcast and speak and write. Yeah. Do do all the things you need to do to promote yourself and get yourself out there. And share that knowledge that you were talking about. I I think that's the bigger problem. That's why I see so many people, consultants, people who want to be thought leaders. And and all a thought leader is is someone who's seen as an expert in their community. I mean, Gandhi was a thought leader right? in the peace business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Martin Luther King. (laughs) Right. right? So... But I think what happens is they, they a lot of people have high hopes and then they try to do it and it becomes overwhelming, right. especially if their business isn't a sales business. I mean, a lot of the marketing right. gurus who do this a lot, they're in the marketing business. Right, right, right. So it's part of what they do. Yeah. I mean, if you're running the vineyard instead of selling the wine, yeah, it becomes a lot tougher to right. to make this stuff happen. So right. that's the challenge. That's 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 what I see as the biggest challenge, really. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. So we're going to talk a lot about thought leadership and just leadership in general and and big ideas. Um, But we're going to take our first little quick break. Right. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour is Michael Shine, CEO of Microfame Media, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. (laughs) 
What are the latest travel trends? How can travel be a part of your overall health and wellness plan? This is William Paris, lifestyle travel consultant and your host on Travel and Wellness Today. Join me on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time for travel chat, travel tips, and travel news updates. That's on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. TalkingAlternative.com To the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. And we're talking this hour with Michael Shine, all about thought leadership. So, Michael, in the last segment, we talked a little bit about it. We did mention a, a couple of thought leaders, but let's like be real clear about our terms. What really is a thought leader? It's funny because it's a term I avoided for a long time <laughs> oh really why is that yeah you know it's it's one of these terms that can mean a whole lot mm. but like branding mm-hmm. it can mean different things to different people and it borders on being a cliche but right. i started using it again just because people get it it's the best way right. to talk about these issues and i i think what it really means especially especially if you're in a business where you're selling your ideas mm. right if you're a consultant, if you're an expert of some kind, giving your expertise, and that can be a, 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 a cheap a outsourced CFO. It can be right, right. a doctor, right? right? But someone who's selling their ideas and their cutting edge services. It could also be a coach. It can be a coach, absolutely. It can be someone selling a product too, as long as that product is backed up by some unique take on the world, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's somebody who's known as, if not the expert, one of the experts that are synonymous with that field. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, w- when a lot of people think of, this is this is a very high-end example, you mentioned mm-hmm. Tesla, right. the other Tesla, right. <laughs> think of um, clean energy and electric right. cars, right. they think of Elon Musk. He's not right. behind the scenes just producing this stuff. Right. He's on talk shows yeah. talking about it. He is out in front advocating for it. Yeah, He's talking right. about new approaches to it where there have been other entrepreneurs. Yeah, he, he's a real the, evangelist for He's it. an evangelist, and he has very unique takes right, on that. Right. So he is leading the conversation or the thought around right. that. And, and I would say that being that kind of person, especially in the field where you're selling an intangible, mm-hmm. is... More, it's not just a nice to have anymore. It's it's more or less necessary in the 21st century for a couple of reasons. Right, right. And would you say someone like let's say Guy Kawasaki, um, you know, is a thought leader for technology? Yeah, I mean, he's such a thought leader that he's almost selling his thought leadership right. as his service, right? I mean, he, right. he, which, but that's a perfect example, right? I mean, yeah. he is more or less a consultant. You know, I'm I'm sure right. he sells plenty of books, right? But I would be very surprised if the bulk of his wealth comes from his book sales. Yeah. I would assume he gets very, very big speaking and more importantly, consulting and coaching contracts on a very high level Mm. because he's written the books, because he has an awesome blog, because people follow him, that very powerful people will pay him a lot of money. Right. for his ideas. So right. I, yeah, in, in some ways he's the definition of a thought leader. Mm-hmm. And and what would be an example, like um, like these are very big names, a lot of people know, especially in technology. What would be like sort of a, a small example of somebody who people wouldn't normally think of as a thought leader in, in, in some small industry? Yeah, it's funny that you bring that up as well because I would say that that's the norm rather than the exception in the internet era. Right. Because as Seth Godin talks about, Mm -hmm. there are tribes. There's not mass media like there used to be. There are these little tribes. So there are people in my world that are superstars. Mm -hmm. And I go out to people and I say, who, you know, 
hey, I, I, we got um, Gary Vaynerchuk on our show. Right. And they'll say, who is that? Right. And he's one of the bigger <laughs> names, right? Right. But, right. but it's not, you know, it's not the day of Dean Martin, who was in every home in America, right? right. So right. It, was Dean Martin a good example? I don't think he was really in every home in America, was he? Frank Sinatra, man. Yeah, that's probably a better yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, before my time, I guess. Yeah. But in any case, yeah, I mean, I, I think um, in my world, Chris Brogan, he's he's a gentleman mm-hmm. who, um, when it comes to innovation and when it comes to, um, you know, internet marketing to a certain extent mm-hmm. is a really big deal. But outside mm-hmm. of his little niche, mm-hmm. um, people just don't know who he is. I would say Seth Godin to a certain extent, and he's big, but and he's Seth on Godin the bigger big, end. Yeah, but yeah. I, my mom wouldn't know who he is. Yeah, you know what I mean? True. That's true. I tend to quote Seth Godin a lot too, and it's interesting to see like what crowds he's known in, and other right. crowds he's like totally unknown in. Yeah. I'm like, really, you don't know who Seth Godin is because he's like such a part of our world. Exactly. I'm, I'm just so there. So, why is it important to be a thought leader today? Because it seems like. I mean, again, the term is a relatively new term, but it's picked up a lot of speed really quickly. And it's and it's really not uncommon to hear people talking about thought leaders or becoming thought leaders these days. Yeah. You you know, I think it was always a nice to have Mm. why I think you're seeing it pick up such speed now is because the economy has fundamentally changed in the last 15 years and Mm -hmm. and the rug's been pulled out from under us without us even knowing it so if you think i mean i'm 38 years old you Mm -hmm. know some you know there was a generation under me a generation or two younger Mm -hmm. than me but i'm not you know the oldest man on the block right but my mother invited an encyclopedia salesman into our home (laughs) to sell us encyclopedias we sat down we gave the guy coffee and he sold us this product that isn't used you know, before, but he literally knocked on our door. Right, right. That would never happen today. Be- no. Yeah, because the first thing people do is proactively search for what they're interested in. So before, right. people used to welcome salespeople, even though they, you know, no one likes to be sold, but they would tolerate it right. because they had no other choice. That was the only way they could find out about a service or a product. Right. Today, it's a complete imposition on people because right. you proactively search. Yeah, so yeah. How do you, it's like the yeah. whole thing has been reversed. It's totally. like it's like reversed. no longer are, do people want to be sold to. It's it's we go out and find the things we're looking for. Yeah, and that is so dramatic. That's people don't realize how fundamental a change mm. that is in capitalism, yeah. right, or in a market economy. Yeah. So the only way to really get in front of people, especially if you're selling a big ticket service, mm-hmm. you know, consulting, enterprise software, or something that costs a lot of money and mm-hmm. is complicated, is to be out there informing and entertaining and showing people how forward thinking you are mm-hmm. without knocking them over the head with a sales pitch. Right. And I would say the way to do that is to become this expert, the person that people read, follow, hang on your every word, look to you for you know forward-thinking ideas. Because right. then when you finally do propose a solution, mm-hmm. it's no longer a sale. It's a consultation. Right. Of course right. I would buy from this person. Right, because you've built the trust. You know, you've provided value to people, mm-hmm. even if not you know, everything you've put out there has been valuable to every individual, but in general, the information you're putting out there is valuable to your quote-unquote tribe overall. So by your consistency, by your proactively, like not waiting for people to ask you questions, but proactively putting ideas out there for people to consider, it builds up that level of comfort, of trust, of almost people feel like they know you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and so, oh, so a lot of people like they know what they know, but they're not always very good at communicating it, are they? Yeah, no, I mean, we all have our strengths, right? So, I mean, um, not only are some people not very good at communicating it, sometimes even if they are good at communicating it, I'm not sure they even know where to start. We have so many options mm. to communicate right now, right? right? I mean, look right. at this thing that we're doing. We're on <laughs> this crazy thing called an internet radio station. It's somewhere right. between radio, podcasting, and some other thing that no one's thought of. And you've built an audience. Right, yeah, 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 an international audience. And right. I mean, that's 
And I think this is one of the things, again, is another one of those real sea changes that the Internet has brought about that most people don't realize what a massive shift this is, is the fact that, you know, if you just put up a website and you um, put something online that can be digitally downloaded, you now have an international business. Yep. You know, the thought of an international business, you know, 25 years ago, it was like you needed hundreds of thousands of dollars and capital and infrastructure and all this stuff. And nowadays what technology has done is is created that infrastructure for us. And now it's just we have to have something worthwhile that people around the world are going to be interested in listening to. Well, and you have to have ways to get those worthwhile things in front of people, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's fantastic that you're automatically in front of an international audience, right. but at the same time, so is everyone else. I mean, if you right. happen to get on ABC, right. NBC, or CBS, you were you were you yeah. were going to be watched. The Beatles right. were going to be watched. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today, the Beatles could be lost on some sliver of a of a of, of an of the internet that no one's ever found. If 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 their management hadn't been sophisticated about driving people there. Right, 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 right. And there are a lot of, uh, I mean, nowadays, like on YouTube, they said, I forget the number, but there's like some hundreds of videos being uploaded to YouTube like every second. And and there's all kinds of amazing content. And and that's just YouTube. I mean, that's not even counting all the blogs and websites and podcasts and everything else. There's so much information being added to the Internet every single second that unless you have a way of really standing out from other people doing similar things, you could you could be like the greatest thing since uh, Nikola Tesla and you'd get lost in the crowd. Yeah. Now, on the other side, the good news is that every tribe has power players mm-hmm. or influencers, and mm-hmm. they're easier to gain access to than ever before, if you know mm-hmm. what you're doing. So strangely enough, there are usually between 15 and 30 top power players or influencers that drive the conversation in every niche. Mm-hmm. And... If you go on a social media platform like Twitter or one of these other platforms and engage them as human beings around genuine common interests Mm -hmm. and converse with them, Mm -hmm. I've been amazed at how receptive these people are to at least talking with you. And if you can crack that circle, they'll share your stuff. So so the problem is sticking something up on the web and just assuming that it's good and people are going to find it. Right. That I think you have to reorient, <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah, that, that that's a little bit of a, a, a not the case anymore. Right. And um and a lot of people as we were saying before are are really good at what they do, but they're not necessarily good marketers, so they don't necessarily have the time to focus on putting all their their stuff out there. Yeah, that's that's right. And and so what I mean how how do people who are like let's say they they have some time not a lot of time and they know they should be doing this like let's just start and then when we come back from the break we'll we'll continue it like what are some things that they can do that don't take too much time but are a little bit of an effort that can help them to get the ideas out there well this is one of my favorite topics so don't get me started if we've got a (laughs) a break coming (laughs) all right okay then then we'll take the break first and then we'll, we'll, we'll hit upon this when we come back so uh, everybody, um, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're talking all about thought leadership and what you can do to be a thought leader. So please stay with us. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media. 
My guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour. So, Michael, let's pretend I'm a thought leader. Well, okay, it's not that big a pretend, but <laughs> I'm a thought leader. I'm really busy, but I have all these great ideas. What do I do? So, you are a thought leader because you've already figured out a way to get those ideas out there. I want to make mm, a distinction between, okay. and as I think you've done already, between an expert uh, and a thought leader. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, let's pretend you're an expert. Okay. And you want to get your ideas out there. Or you're a thought leader whose thought leadership helped you build a business. Mm-hmm. And as a result, you've neglected the writing and the speaking and all of this stuff that got you to where you are. And mm-hmm. your thought leader status is shrinking a little mm-hmm. bit. I think just like anything else in business, you have to look at the resources you have. Mm-hmm. And try to figure out how you can make the biggest impact Mm -hmm. with the smallest expenditure of resources. And I don't mean money, Mm -hmm. although that's part of it. Right. Assume, so do you remember the story of of Tom Sawyer's fence when he whitewashed, you know, he had his friends whitewash the fence, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, for for those of you who may not remember that back from junior high or whenever it was, right? So Tom Sawyer, mischievous kid, he his aunt told him to paint this fence white. It was a hard job. So he um, started whistling and having all this fun with it. And all his friends came out and, wow, we want to do this too. And they did it for him. And he sat back and ate an apple and they did the work. (laughs) Now, what people forget about that story is that his friends liked doing it and they came mm-hmm. back the next day. Mm-hmm. So work is only work if you frame it that way. Right. So one method, and you're doing this to me right now, actually, <laughs> is to get other people to create your content for you, mm-hmm. thank you for it, and mm-hmm. then do things for you as a result. So, right. so uh, you know, one thing you might do is have an interview-based podcast. Right. Pick one day a month. It's pretty easy to set up. Batch all the content in one day. Mm -hmm. hire an editor, Mm -hmm. and then you have a month's worth of shows in one day. Then you use something like Twitter, and you find those key influencers that I talked about, form relationships with them around common interests, Mm -hmm. invite them on your show, and they'll Mm -hmm. share it like crazy to the right audience. Or, you know, let's say you need to write a book. You know you need a book, and you know you need an internet presence. Mm -hmm. Because in your world, if you don't have a book, you're not a thought leader. Right, right. Um, I, I'm using podcasts a lot because they're on my mind or radio right. shows. But let's say you you outline an entire season in advance. Mm-hmm. And every episode is the equivalent of a chapter. Right. So now you're broadcasting a podcast, building an audience for that podcast. And then at the end, you transcribe what you've got and edit it into a book. So the idea is to constantly be looking for efficient ways to create content, but just as importantly, to get it into the hands of the people who can share it, and then hopefully building relationships with them so that, you know, quite frankly, they'll do stuff for you. Right, and that you'll also be helping them as well. I mean, this is the thing that people, I think, sometimes forget is that in this, what Seth Godin has turned the connection economy, it's about the connections that we make, and the best way to make connections is to be in service. 100%. You know, find ways in which you can help others who happen to be in key influencing spots um but if you're just in service to them they'll naturally want to help you it's hilarious i see people they spend 60 percent of their time quote unquote networking right so they're out there they're making introductions on a personal basis they're going to fantastic groups like network network or bni Mm -hmm. and and they're getting some 
plenty of business that way. Right. And then they've got this social networking thing going on, yeah. and they throw all that out the window. They're yeah. tweeting positive thinking <laughs> quotes. They're sharing articles. But they're not doing anything for the people they're connecting with. Right. And they're not introducing the people in their social network to their offline network and you have so much more reach with your social network so these lines are artificial the same concepts apply right when you give whether that's a spot on your blog or podcast or a connection or reading someone's work Mm -hmm. you may not get back from them but you become the person that everyone is happy to hear from when the phone rings and you just work will or or business or whatever goals you have it'll come your way it just will right yeah absolutely and and it it's also you can sort of use these different things to support each other as well yep. like you, you know you have your 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 podcast or radio show your blog can support that it's just the radio show supports the blog and that supports your facebooking and your tweeting and instagramming and all that other stuff right it it, it kind of works synergistically together yeah i mean a, a mentor of mine told me a long time ago that sales is the product of activity Mm. and you don't always know where that's coming from where the sale Mm. and and i'm using the word sale but that can mean raising money finding a producer for your show finding a publisher for your book whatever Uh you know i I think that you know for example we we got a lead today from Mm -hmm. someone i haven't talked to in two years who was a connection who lives in malaysia now out of the blue wow but I can only assume, you know, she's my LinkedIn friend. Uh-huh. I post our content on LinkedIn. Uh-huh. I've helped her in the past. She's helped me in the past. Mm-hmm. I'm tweeting. Mm-hmm. She's in my circle. Mm-hmm. We've met offline. We've met online. So she's seeing all of that. Right, so even right. though two years go by, right. I'm in front of her constantly. Right, but I'm not right. pitching her. Right, right. You're in front of her in terms of providing value to her in one form or another. Right. And, and, you know, I've heard it said like in the past when you're marketing, when you're trying to educate uh, an audience that doesn't know you that well, it used to take like three to five touch points, they called it, of people hearing about you to, to really like feel comfortable enough to actually want to work with you. And that now because we're so inundated with information, that's gone up from three to five to like seven to 12 or 15. Um, so that makes it a little bit you know, you have to put a little more effort into it than in the past because you really need to interact with people much more. True. And and that's why I often give the advice that you should focus, if you're selling, I call it consulting, but when mm-hmm. I say that, it's someone selling their brains, someone mm-hmm. selling their ideas. Mm-hmm. If If you fall into that category, I am a big proponent of focusing on the other side of the keyboard or the other side of the microphone. So Mm. what happened with this new um, opportunity, you know, that happens. Mm -hmm. But I would say that our biggest deals and our clients' biggest deals Mm -hmm. come from producing fantastic content, building enough of an audience so that it's valuable Mm. and then inviting influencers to benefit from that content to appear on the show to contribute guest content but in a very genuine way right because then you have a relationship then it becomes easy to say let's meet for coffee it becomes easy to start doing things for them and you you are now working as equals you're communicating as equals how you meet those people is a whole nother story, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and we have some thoughts around that too, but right. we could talk all day about this. But the right. idea is that instead of trying to, that's, that's another show. <laughs> yeah. But instead of trying to get in front of people 10 times, which is, is great and you should yeah. do that. Why not form real relationships by offering right. something other than just an introduction at, at a networking right. group. And, 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 it, and to form a real relationship, it takes time. It, it it's does. not something that happens overnight. And that's, you know, something I, I, I see people doing that's, that just makes me cringe is they think like just from meeting you once and talking to you a little bit, like they have the right to ask you, so do you have any referrals for me right. or, or who can you introduce me to? And it's like, I just met you. I don't even really know you. You yeah. want me to do something for you? It, it really just surprises me like how unconscious, I guess, people are about thinking like just because they show up, they deserve something for that and not realizing that it takes interaction. It takes time. It takes some back and forth. You know, things don't happen overnight. 
Yeah, I, I have a friend that you may know, actually. His name is Michael Roderick. He's uh, Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. so he's the president of a company called Small Pond. Pond yes. And he's all about, he, he's sort of the thought leader on business relationships and networking. And one mm-hmm. thing he says is that where people get into trouble when they're asking for things mm-hmm. is that we're just programmed to have a fight or flight reaction Mm. so if you directly ask someone that you hardly even know Mm -hmm. for something it's like Mm -hmm. you're trying to steal my food Mm. and you wouldn't do that in real life i i I mean this is this thing people go into a different mode they become almost non-human or or, you know when when they get into the business (laughs) realm right Um. whereas if you honestly think how you can serve you know and that mm-hmm. might seem a little cheesy but it, but mm-hmm. it's true and if yeah. you can build up enough mechanisms to do that i mean you're helping me by having me on this show i think i'm helping you by being on the show Absolutely. now our relationship's gone up a notch right? right right so if you can look for ways to do that and then when you finally do ask collaborate right say to somebody only if you mean it right. listen i'm trying to work out how to get my show funded Mm. Can can you work through with me some ideas mm-hmm. and you'll either get a solution to your problem mm-hmm. or they'll take it upon themselves to introduce you to the right person right. versus right. can you give me money? Right. Right. Can you right, hook right. me up with with the president right, of because, Sony? Right. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to, yeah, can you give me can we work together to come up with some ideas? Because sometimes it's a lot less. I don't know, threatening maybe right. to, to say, completely. you know, ask for somebody's help as opposed to ask them to do something for you. As long as you're not using it as a tactic, you know, that's right. the fine line. Right. If you're real, right. if your goal is really to get them to open their checkbook, right. you have right. to be very open to however that will turn out. Right. But usually right. It, it could be better than what you expect. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And if you're not being authentic with the person, people are going to smell it pretty oh, quickly. Yeah. And, and you've really just destroyed a potentially valuable relationship. Without a doubt. Yeah. What do you find today is the biggest challenge for people when they're trying to go this route of, of becoming a, known as a thought leader? Yeah, time and know-how, honestly. Uh, I mean, on one hand, I see it all the time. So if, if you're American Express, you know, who mm-hmm. has the, the open program, which yeah. is their kind of thought leadership mm-hmm. thing... You don't only have a marketing department, you have a content marketing department. But if you're a company that that has revenue of half a million, a million, 10 million, 20 million, Mm -hmm. you might have three people in your marketing department. So this is what happens. You know, the boss goes to a seminar, (laughs) then the would-be thought leader, (laughs) we got to do blogging, we got to do podcasting, we got to do social media. And they come back to the marketing department and the marketing department runs around like chickens without a head, ghostwriting and blogging and podcasting. Then the boss goes to another seminar and they have to do and they realize they have to do event marketing. Mm. So the guy so they the guy or lady comes home, we gotta do event marketing. So they shift focus, the blog drops, right, and it's right. completely inconsistent because there's not enough time there. Also, right. a lot of times people do a lot of activity, mm-hmm. but to no end. They they throw up a million blog posts but aren't mm-hmm. getting it in the hands of influencers. There's mm-hmm. no coherent theme, there's mm-hmm. no hooks. The same mm-hmm. with podcasting. Right. I think it's important to create the kind of strategies we talked about to figure out how can I most efficiently get in front of people right. and make it as consistent as possible right. with the least amount of resource expenditure. And then how can I target the right audiences so that it spreads quickly? Right, right. So it's really being thoughtful and strategic in yeah. some ways. It's like not just, you know, see how much you know dirt we throw against the wall and see what no. sticks. It's really like being somewhat strategic and saying, hmm, you know, let's see, what can I do that's really going to attract this particular audience? Or, or how can I really serve people in this industry yep. that's going to get them to just want to share my content? That you can sustain. I mean, that that's the sustain. important yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool, cool. Okay, believe it or not, see, time flies fast when you're having having fun. fun. I am having fun. Time for our (laughs) last commercial break. So when we come back, let's just talk about um, uh, some last couple of little things and maybe we talk a little bit about getting found. And uh, and, uh, we'll see where that takes us. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour has been Michael Shine, CEO of Microfame Media. And we will be right back. Thank you. 
You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Tuesday nights from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern on TalkingAlternative.com. It's the Dudes of Disruption. The Dudes of Disruption is a new show geared toward the global tribe of disruptors who are committed to interrupting the automatic ways of their lives so they go out and leave their mark on the world powerfully. Consider every Tuesday night, 8 to 9 Eastern on TalkingAlternative.com, forever disrupted. The Dudes of Disruption, disrupting your automatics. Dude. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Michael, it's been really great having you on the show this hour. Um, so in our final segment, why don't we just uh, give people some tips about how to get found? Because that's really the biggest challenge these days, isn't it? It is. Um, you know, and it's funny. I, I was thinking during the break about something really important that I left out when you said uh, how do you become a thought leader okay and i think this has a lot to do with getting found as well okay you have to have a unique approach in other words uh, there's already a conversation going on online right and if you're just adding the same stuff to that conversation you right. can do all of these techniques that we right. talked about and no one's going to pay attention to you. And, so, and, yeah. and we do find that, that people tend to just repackage other people's right. concepts, and it's really the same thing, so there's nothing new or really that interesting about it. it there has to be something that really, you know, a, a different take on it, a different facet of it, a different application of it that makes it valuable. Yeah, I mean, so so we have a client... The Medici Group and their um, owner is someone I've been a fan of as a reader mm-hmm. for a long time. His his name's Franz Johansson, and he's an innovation consultant. But he's all about mm-hmm. diversity, but in a very unique way. He believes uh. that innovation and creativity comes from combining vastly different concepts, uh. seeing how they intersect, uh-huh. and then doubling down on the things that catch fire so there's a lot about Uh, diversity there's a lot about innovation out there there's all of these things but he's come up with this very unique point of view and it's worked very well for him so i would say that's the first thing you know certainly pay tribute to the conversation that's happening Mm -hmm. but find a sliver of it that only you can speak to right once you do that i would say that the first thing is Get on social media, mm-hmm. make a list of the people who are controlling the conversation. And the way you can usually tell is that they talk about each other online. So if you mm-hmm. if you were to look at all the blogs and podcasts and media out there, right. there'd be a million that never get mentioned. Right. And there are probably like 30 that are constantly referencing each right. other. Right. Focus on them. Add them to, I like Twitter, but there's a lot of different tools. Add them mm-hmm. to a Twitter list. Mm-hmm. And then talk to them about genuine interests. So... Mm-hmm. Um, there's a gentleman named Brian Clark, thought leader in my world, mm-hmm. owns Copy Blogger. I think they're called Rainmaker Media now. Okay. And he usually talks about it's all business. But once right. in a while, he would say something about a band like Joy Division or some post punk ah. band. And I like that music. Ah, okay. Yeah. So I started talking to him about that. I see. And we became friends, friends right. because everybody is a human being and everyone's right. being hit up all the time for business right, right? right, right so if right. it's sports if it's music if it's just some you know be an interesting person be an interested person right but target those people not everybody right. and then eventually you say hey if, if if it fits i'd love to have you as a guest on my show i'd love to have you on a special segment i'd love mm-hmm. to write about you now mm-hmm. suddenly you're offering them something right have them on there ask who else they know mm-hmm. give them um an email that allows them to share your stuff easily. Mm -hmm. If you're in an area that 
this works for. New York makes it easy. Meet them in person. Do right. things for them. Right. And they'll become your advocate. Right. And then there are technical things you can do. I mean, iTunes has its own internal search engine. You can right. optimize for that with keywords. You can try to get reviews. Right. Um, there are things you can do with your site to make it easier for Google to find. But I would say that the people who really crack this thing, they have something unique. Mm-hmm. They connect with people, the right people as human beings on social. Mm-hmm. And then they um, make it real easy for those people to share, share their stuff. stuff. Yeah. Cool, cool. Great, great. Thank you, thank you. That's very, very valuable. Um, but ultimately, people become thought leaders because they ultimately want to generate business from that. Um, but that can be a, a tricky thing, can't it? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it. when it works best, it's a positive feedback loop. Right. When it works not so well, it's the exact opposite. So... A lot of times we run into businesses and God bless them. They have yeah. a nice little business, <laughs> but you know, they're business coaches, they're business consultants, and they're really just sort of selling the stuff that they read in the same books you and I read. And they, right. they necessarily, they haven't necessarily had business successes of their own, whatever. Right. And then what happens is they say, I want more business because, so I'd like to become a thought leader, mm-hmm. but there's nothing to lead around. Whereas you have the other person who says, I have this awesome method of changing the world or changing the industry. I know I can drive revenue around this because it adds real value. Mm. Then it's a perfect fit, right? Right. I mean, then it's, you know, I'm a natural thought leader because I Mm. got into it for the right reasons. Mm Mm-hmm. And my thought leadership is going to drive business and my expanded business is going to give me more dollars to throw at my thought leadership. So if you don't have a unique niche, take take a retreat, think deeply about what your unique ability is. And and I stole that concept from a gentleman named Dan Sullivan. But the unique ability, the thing that only you can do. Right, right, right. And that might be who you appeal to. Like you might, you know, know something really well that other people do too, but they apply it to one segment of the market. And because of your experience or your background, you're very good at applying it to a totally different segment of the market. And that's the thing that makes you unique. Maybe not the thing you're applying, but the fact that you're able to apply it, you know, to single moms or or unwed mothers or, you know, kids out of high school or something. A hundred percent. I think generalists get murdered in this economy. Mm, I really do. I mean, yeah. to go out there and say, I'm a, I'm a business consultant. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a right. hundred others uh, right behind you. <laughs> but if I'm a business consultant that specializes in prenatal and postnatal care that mm. uh, between $2 million and, and $7 million, I mean, these aren't new ideas, but you need to do that basic marketing research one-on-one right. to be able right. to carve that niche out right. for yourself. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and we can help with that, right? <laughs> um, you're very fired up about this. I mean, I love it. You're enthusiastic about it. What, what, why do you love this stuff so much? That's a great question. You know, I think it's really cool to be part of a changing world. I mean, mm. I, I think there's this crazy thing going on right now where art marketing business all of these formerly disparate strands are coming together in this Mm. new way and a lot of people look at it as a negative Mm -hmm. oh you know um there's no difference between marketing and content journalism is losing its integrity but i would say that what we're experiencing is the equivalent of the printing press where mm. you know there was a movie called the Blair Witch Project when I was oh, in high school yes. do you remember I that remember yeah the Blair Witch Project yes and they convinced everyone it was in the earliest days of the internet mm-hmm. they convinced everybody that this thing was real, real. that these kids got lost in the very woods low and got budget, killed and yeah. all this the marketing was better than the movie. The marketing yes. was art. <laughs> the commercials were so brilliant and yeah. the way they spread that myth. Yeah. And I just think that there's so much opportunity for people to realize their dreams 
inexpensively through mm-hmm. pure creativity and pure resourcefulness. I just love being part of making that happen. I just yeah. think it's a really cool thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And it's really, it's a way of affecting change in the world because we're so interconnected now as a global economy and, and as a global you know, communications, we're so tight with each other, like we really can affect change all over the world. Yeah, and maybe it's my uh, my punk rock past, but I also like that <laughs> that this stuff probably works better for the small and mid tier ah, companies than than, than the I mean big companies. You know, yeah, look, yeah. I mean, I, I I think that there are some large companies out there that are just fantastic and that and and that use this stuff wonderfully and that have right. a great mission and all of that. But I also like that someone with some some brains in their head and some creativity can literally upend the world and get noticed in such a big way without having a multi-million dollar advertising budget. I I think that's fun. Yeah, it is. It is. As a matter of fact, I just this weekend, I was looking over some of Jay Abraham's stuff and I was reading something where he says like, you know, technology now, like, like everything is up for grabs and that's exciting. It it's, can be scary for some people because things change and your whole business right. model might be obsolete in a week, but that's also exciting because it means there's tremendous opportunity. It appeals to me. I mean, it, yeah. it is scary if you've been doing things and, you know, for 30 years and doing them really, really well. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Right. But um, for, for, for someone like me who... You know, for all my faults, I have a million ideas a minute and I'm always looking at the margins. I find it kind of fun. Cool, cool. Okay, so I'm sorry to say we're almost out of time. Um, If people want to learn more about you and get in touch with you, how can they find out about you, Mike? Sure. Um, You know, our our, uh, website is Mm -hmm. microfamemedia.com, you know, Mm M-I-C-R-O-F-A-M-E.com. But you know what? I'm going to... Do something crazy. I'll just give you my personal information. You may as well Ooh. get in touch with me. Um, it's MFS, Michael Farley Shine, ah. MFS, at microfamemedia.com. Don't ask me how I got that middle name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'll give you my cell phone number. It's 917-273-9885. I, wow. I, you know, I love to... Uh, I love to talk to interested, interesting people. So give me a ring. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to come into studio. I always appreciate when people uh, make the effort. So thank you. The pleasure is all mine. It's been great. Wonderful. And thank you. Uh, You, of course, our listeners for making this all possible. Um, And keep in mind that we will be back next week with more great shows. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you soon. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you on a path of consciousness or spirit? Is personal or spiritual empowerment important to you? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And I am here to answer your questions and bring you experts in all areas of life to raise your awareness and support you in your evolution. Tune in at my new time, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on www.talkradio.nyc. That's Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. 
Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media. My guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Dude. 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 Transforming Tuesday nights from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern on TalkingAlternative.com. It's the Dudes of Disruption. The Dudes of Disruption is a new show geared toward the global tribe of disruptors who are committed to interrupting the automatic ways of their lives so they go out and leave their mark on the world powerfully. Consider every Tuesday night, 8 to 9 Eastern, on TalkingAlternative.com, forever disrupted. The Dudes of Disruption, disrupting your automatics. Dude. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. <laughs> 